Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Seasons of Womanhood. So today I'm here with a very special guest, um, Nikima Kaderi. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining. Um, so Nikima and I have known each other for a long time, for more than 10 years, like since like second grade. Um, so I'm just so excited that you're able to come here with me today just to share your story. Before I begin, I just want to um, introduce her and just tell a little bit, tell a little bit about um, her to you guys. So she is a special education teacher in New York City. Um, so she got her bachelor's in journalism from Howard University, right? Don't I say HU, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> and um, got her master's degree in early childhood education from New York University. And um, currently in New York City as a special education teacher. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yes. So, you know, on Seasons of Womanhood, basically this platform, I wanted to just have a space where different women, different walks of life, different fields can just share their journeys, their experiences. Also learning how to balance these things when it comes to family, dating, you know, because we're not monolithic. And I, I've gained so much actually through these different story, um, these different interviews, sort of speak that I've been having, and I wanted to share that with everyone else. So I'm happy and excited. Okay, I think it's amazing. Like women, we don't tell our stories. We don't really get time to sit down and talk with each other, especially times like this. So this is exciting. I'm sure you learn a lot from hearing different women's perspectives and what they're going through and knowing that, you know, you're not alone, alone in your journey, whatever that may be. So. Mm -hmm. That is true. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit more? And, you know, we, some of us probably don't really know the reality of what it takes to become a teacher and what that really means. And, and unfortunately, I feel like society kind of downplays the profession of a teacher. And I feel like being a teacher is one of the most important things ever because you teachers shape our future and right. our society. So if you could just tell us a little bit more like what you do and um, your experience of being a Black woman in the field of education. So um, I think you have to do more than people even understand because you can't just have an undergraduate degree, right? You have to go back to school. And then if I want to make more money, right, then mm -hmm. I have to further my education. So that's something that I'm finding out now. And I think that sometimes people see us as a babysitter, mm -hmm. right, or child care services. Mm -hmm. And we have to invest so much in ourselves and our profession in order to get more, mm -hmm. right? So I think that's something that people don't understand. It's, it's not so easy. It's not that you can just decide that I want to be a teacher one day and then go in the classroom. That's really not how it works. Um, mm -hmm. Even to maintain your license, you have to do furthering your education through like PDs, professional developments, and mm -hmm. get more certifications. So it's like continuing, you know, as you know, as a doctor, continuing yeah, your profession, yeah. like mm -hmm. daily and even monthly, right? And making sure that you are abreast of what's going on and how to um, bring that inside the classroom to, to teach kids. Mm -hmm. So I would say like, that is the most important thing that I think people don't know is that mm -hmm. you have to further your education. It just doesn't stop with one degree that you have to keep going. and and the more money you want and mm -hmm. the more um, you want to move up in your career and you want to be maybe a principal or assistant principal, you have to further your education. So I think that that's something that people don't necessarily, you know, know about mm -hmm. teachers. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was the second part of your question. What did I miss? Yeah, so my, my second part was how has it been as your experience as a black woman in this field? Because, you know, one thing I was thinking about, when did I first have a black teacher? 
and not, I'm not even talking about male or female, but the, I, I didn't until um, fifth grade and he was a male. And I don't think I had a black female, honestly. Wow. Not that I can remember. Not until college. Yeah, because typically, yeah. I typically I think I had, you won't see much males in the classroom anyway. So I mm-hmm. guess that was like the exception that you had a black male teacher. That's yeah. amazing. Um, when I think back on it, I had my first black teacher. She was a female in third grade and we had like such a great bond. Mm. Like, no, I'm sorry. It's fourth grade. And she lived not too far from me, like actually down the street from me. So she would be able to tutor me. And like when I remember there was a new student and she was called me and I was homesick for like a week. And she said, listen, like, I need you to like come to school to make this child feel comfortable. Like we had this bond in this relationship Mm. and that's when I think as I got older and now I'm a teacher, I realized how important that was because I didn't feel that connection to any other teachers. Um, like you said, I think I had a few in high school that were male mm-hmm. men teachers that they were able to see a different perspective. Like even when they spoke to us, it was like, let me sit you down and give you real talk, mm-hmm. right? It's not about just what's happening in this classroom. It's as a black woman, as a black mm-hmm. male, what are the expectations? Like it just doesn't stop here for you. There's something further. I'm an example. Mm-hmm. and let me show you how you're supposed to act in the world right like you can't be in this classroom cutting up because the expectation is a, l- a lot higher for you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. so I think that that's why I teach I love what I do because of that because I think it just gives me a different perspective as a black woman mm-hmm. as a minority right like when I'm looking at this black or brown you know student I don't just see they can't do this mm-hmm. what are the reasons why they might be struggling right mm-hmm. what are the reasons why they might not be turning in their homework what are the reasons why i'm calling this parent three and four times and they're not calling me back right there's other factors that i might understand because culturally right in our community the teacher does all the work yeah. like i'm giving you the responsibility of my child bring <laughs> my child back educated and i don't really have to put in that work and they might not understand because i have to work three or five three jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Or I might have to take care of three or four kids. So being a black woman and or just, you know, black in general or brown, right? Or a minority, Uh you understand that there's different cultures that I think that my peers struggle with a lot of times Mm -hmm. because they fall into what the stereotypes are. The Mm -hmm. parent just doesn't care. And Mm -hmm. that is not necessarily the case at all. And, and that's why I think it's so important to have more black and brown teachers because um, there's so much disparity in every field, education, medicine. And, we're, and I feel like this climate now that we're in is exposing a lot of these things that we knew that some people either for whether it's ignorance or because they didn't care, but at least because of the climate they're in, it's exposing all of these gaps. And I'm happy that we're talking more about this and trying to find solutions So I want to talk more about, you know, you're saying how sometimes maybe your peers might not understand. How do you navigate dealing with microaggressions in the workplace? Because it's real. Or did you ever deal with that? Whether was it in um, education, like while you were training to be a teacher or now, how do you deal with it? I think I didn't even realize it. The climate that we're in now, right, like you said, is bring a lot of things to the forefront. Mm-hmm. that you don't even realize that are microaggressions because you don't know how to name it because you think that as a black person you're just supposed to take it right like mm-hmm. this is just the life that we're living and i can think that even before me becoming a teacher that training right being at nyu coming from how um howard right yeah. where you see 
all of these black beautiful people uh-huh. and the norm and then I'm at NYU and mm-hmm. they're not used to seeing a black woman right so I'm yeah. like I think it was two of us in our program at the time mm-hmm. and my professors I would let them call me by a nickname mm-hmm. and they they refused to, to call me by my full name right like it's like I'm just gonna call you this Mm-hmm. Or and giving even giving them that option and feeling comfortable to let them continue that I feel like that was a microaggression right and then yeah. you ask questions and then your peers look at you like why is she asking that and I remember one instance I asked something in class and it was only one other black um female there and she said she had gotten texts from my peers which were white and said why did she ask that question mm-hmm. and it's like things like that like you ask another black person that is supposed to speak for me we're two different people right. Yeah. Things like that I think now as I'm you know growing and I'm learning um it's continuous things like just making the assumption that I want to sleep in it's things that simple that you don't realize is a micro oh I got this I'll let you sleep in uh, what make you think that I would want to sleep in that I'm not an early riser when in fact you know sometimes I get to work earlier than you it's things like that mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you think that you're going crazy Like, Mm -hmm. literally, I'm just like, I'm overthinking it. Maybe they didn't mean it like that. And I had to really, I was speaking with the older colleague, and I had to call it what it is. It's microaggression. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it's things that you say and do even about the kids. This parent is angry. And they use the hand movements and the the head movements when they talk about the parents. This parent is aggressive. Mm -hmm. And you stop and you think and say, well, when this white parent or parents are coming in for a meeting and they're yelling, right, and they're demanding things, are they aggressive? Yeah. No. Yeah. Don't use that language, you know, for other families or other students or other people for, you know, in general, even yeah. if you're in education because of stereotypes and how you see Black families. And, and just dealing with that is just, it's a lot. Yeah. Like, daily. I am drained from dealing with my white coworkers because there's only four of us, I think, in the building. Mm -hmm. So like every day hearing that in meetings and even you speaking out and you get ignored. Mm -hmm. Like literally I will say something and then the person next to me might say the same thing. And it's like, oh, that's a great idea. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, Mm -hmm. wait, I just said that. Yeah. Or me telling you that I don't agree with something, that's aggressive. Mm -hmm. I don't think that people understand that like I have to be mindful of my facial expressions because you know me that's yeah. it for me so you can read my face so I have to like smile and be all bubbly and happy uh-huh, uh-huh. And when you come to work and you're being rude that's not seen as the angry black woman or why does she have an attitude when you're outspoken about what you feel about mm-hmm. about things and I don't know I think that this is a great season for me Mm-hmm. to keep my truth and be who I am mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm experiencing it and I see that it's other black women experiencing it and brown women and it's okay but I'm not going to be silent yeah like yeah. no way and it's funny because when you're saying that it made me think of I don't know if you watched Insecure like when yes. she used to go through the same thing Issa you know with her colleagues and then it would be like what and it's so funny that we see some of these images and you're like, man, I'm able to relate to that in my own field. And another thing that you, you said that made me think of recently, I used to do that with my name, Owusu, right? A patients, a doctor, like that. they're like, oh, I don't know how to say it. And I'm like, oh, say Dr. O. But now I've gotten to the point where it's like, no, like, why do I 
has to make you comfortable, right? That I'm shortening my name for you to make it easier. When we've all, we have all these long European names that people manage to say and pronounce. And I had a patient that tried to tell me, oh, is there another name or a short name? And I was like, no. And I said the same thing. I was like, nope, it's Dr. Owusu. I said the same name. She looked at me like, uh, you just said the same thing. And I'm like, yeah, like, I'm going to say the same name. Like, I'm not going to give you a short name or a different name, you know? And that's one thing I'm learning too when it comes to microaggressions, just learning to be confident, as you're saying, being true to yourself and not caring what other people think, you know? So it's so hard because it's like you're coming off aggressive. That yeah. word, like, uh -huh. why is she going so hard? Why does she say the same thing? Oh, she's nasty. Mm -hmm. No, I'm just a matter of fact. Yeah. I think that even as just a woman, if you take race out of it, right, sometimes we feel like, oh, we shouldn't do that and we should be dainty and carry ourselves a certain way. But yeah. no, it's okay to, it, I, you know, I kind of just say, I said what I said. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. So um, the last question when it comes to like your work and then we'll transition into like self-development, self-care is, um, have you ever had a time where you felt like you wanted to quit? I, and I have another episode where I did, and I feel like it's been interesting hearing other women's, um, other you know, other women's um, expressions about it, or you know, just having that sometimes as a struggle. I think I go through this every year, yeah. and I've grown to the point where, in the beginning of my educational career, my first job, I was mm -hmm. a school teacher. I got in an argument with my boss, who was just being so unprofessional. And I ended up, I stayed for a little while and I fought through it, but I gave him my letter of resignation like a month after the argument. And so I came from like, just you do something that I don't like, I'm gone. Like mm -hmm. I need to go to now like growing and learning and also just saying that, you know, do I need to be here? Is there a reason why I'm here? Mm -hmm. And also because we grew up in church together, right? Like there's yeah. a faith background, like, like I have a, a trust in God that I need to know. Mm -hmm. that maybe I don't want to be here, but God wants me here. Uh -huh. So I went from like running from spaces that challenged me to mm -hmm. now saying, um, maybe I need to be here. This is my season. What can I learn from, from this place, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But I think I go through that to answer your question every year. And mm -hmm. it's draining because sometimes it's like the microaggressions, like where I am now, mm -hmm. just being one of, of four women in a school and constantly hearing how you feel about things and how you see students and not considering how I might even feel about what you're saying, it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. And I feel like even in education, you're just giving so much that you're drained. So even now, like when I think about the future, it's like, do I want to stay here where I'm giving so much of myself okay. that I don't necessarily have time for things that I want to do and then I'm not even appreciated like when you look at the world like oh go back to work and put your life at risk and things of that nature it's like I want to quit now like yeah. I just don't come back to work and I do something else uh -huh, uh -huh. So I think it's something that I struggle with but what keeps me where I am now like I'm just not gonna put in notice um like preparing for September is because I know that God got me wherever I'm going to be whatever season he has me in is for a reason. It's going to be a purpose. I'm going to have a testimony, even if it's to speak to someone else and mm -hmm. you tell them why they're going through what they're going through. So it's That's hard, awesome. 
But I think that that's what I'm learning because I would be quick to just go. Yeah. But I can't do that anymore. I can't. No, but that's good. And it shows growth, right? It shows your growth. So that's awesome that you've come to a place right now where you're able to realize that you're in a season and you're trying to get whatever God is trying to show you within this season. Right, right. So I, I want to pivot a little bit into, you know, your teacher, you're dealing with all these things that we're talking about. How do you try to balance self-care, time with family, friends, relationships? Like, how do you try to do all this? I think it's so hard because, and I'm sure in your profession as well, and Mm -hmm. many others, that you don't want to take personal days, right? You don't want to take days where you're not feeling good and Mm -hmm. when you're family and you need to take care of your family. So I think that I learned early in my career that you don't take those, you know, those days off. You don't take those sick days. Mm -hmm. You try to postpone things for yourself and doing even for your family members because being at work is more important and Mm -hmm. it's unprofessional, right? Mm -hmm. But the more, and even coming home and doing a workload of grading papers and being so overwhelmed, I think it was maybe my second year um, Mm -hmm. at the DOE and I used to go to work and cry. Like I will have a routine and I will pray in the morning, mm-hmm. but I'm still shaking and mm-hmm. crying because the workload was so much mm-hmm. at work. Mm-hmm. And then I was going home and I was doing work and I wasn't taking time for myself. Mm-hmm. And I ended up leaving that job because I just felt like it was just too much going on. Mm-hmm. And then that was okay for me. Like mm-hmm. no one understood that. Like, why would you leave? You're about to get tenure. You need to stay mm-hmm. here. And people trying to convince me of things. Thanks. And Thanks. I had to make a decision for my mental health mm-hmm. and say, this is okay. This is not working for you. This mm-hmm. may work for these other people who you're friends with. Right. And they want you to stay and you would miss them. Mm-hmm. But what is, you know, best for Nikema? And what was best for me was to leave that space and think about my mental health and go somewhere where, you know, the work, the workload was a little bit lighter. And I think that sometimes it's like, oh, then you're not a hard worker. No, Mm -hmm. I had to like get that out of my head. Mm -hmm. I am a hard worker, but Mm -hmm. I know what is a healthy balance. So I think that, you know, I had to find that healthy balance. And another thing that I did for myself is go therapy. Like Mm -hmm. I started therapy. I'm in my first I just ended my first year of therapy and it's just so helpful Mm -hmm. because I think, you know, being at work and just pouring so much into other people Mm -hmm. and then trying to be professional and dealing with the microaggressions. I honestly, like, I'll just keep saying, I think sometimes I'm going crazy. I'm like, I already overthink everything, but I'm just like, maybe it's you. And when you speak to another person, they're like, no, that's exactly what that was. Uh And what you did was okay. Like even speaking confidence, my therapist, I think that what I like about him, first of all, I I, um, seeked out someone that was black, right? Mm -hmm. I sought out out someone that was black Mm because that was important. Like he would be able to understand or she would be able to understand what I'm going through in the workplace Mm -hmm. from just experience Mm -hmm. and and just saying like that's okay like yeah. that's okay what happened even if I lost my cool that was yeah. okay uh-huh. and sometimes like you can you in your head you overthink and you don't know but just hearing someone else just tell me that and help me speak through things or even just let me vent mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily a person that has like a bias right like they they know me it's mm-hmm. someone that doesn't really you know they're just hearing the story mm-hmm. so I think just that is really helping like that's helping me with myself here, knowing that it's okay to take time for myself in that way too. 
and and I'm happy you're talking about this because sometimes I feel like in the faith-based community as well as the black community, the idea of therapy is looked down upon because those in the faith base will be like, you know, well, if you believe in God, why would you have to go talk to a therapist or this and that? And of course, in the black community, sometimes there's that stigma, like, like you're supposed to be strong and you don't need therapy or you don't need counsel. Yeah. So I'm happy that you're, you know, you're talking about that. And how, what, what are your thoughts about trying to balance? Like you can be a Christian and still get therapy, you know? And I think it's important, actually. It's very important. I think that both helped me, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, I speak to him about praying through, through things first, and he doesn't mm -hmm. discourage me or say that this doesn't make sense. I mean, my faith, of course, comes first. Mm -hmm. And I'm always going to seek God's counsel first. But I also feel like it's important to just have someone to speak to, right? Mm -hmm. Like that you can also see or you're talking on the phone with. Mm -hmm. And... You know, sometimes we don't see God as that person. Like, if we're honest, right? We see him. We don't see him as a human being. We just see him as, like, all-knowing. And I can't be upset. And I can't show my true emotions. And I can't tell him that I'm angry and I don't trust him. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, therapy for me helps me to go through those emotions. Mm -hmm. And I'm learning even, like, with God to have those conversations with him. Because he already knows. Yeah. So I think the balance for me of both, I know that, you know, Black people say you're telling someone your business and that means that you're crazy and something is wrong with you. Mm -hmm. But I think that if a lot of people went to therapy, then we would be a much healthier society I and agree. wouldn't have like these like strains. Like I feel like you feel so re uh, restricted and you're uh -huh. just like, oh, I have all of these things inside of me and mm -hmm. you're not letting them out. So yeah. I, I agree. And Actually, like for before I got married, I did like premarital. We did premarital um, counseling with a pastor as well as with a, a clinical therapist. Like he was a marriage right. family therapist, and through that, actually, we also impact individually certain things that we didn't really know or might have not identified growing up, and how that was impacting our relationship and how that could impact our marriage. So I wholeheartedly um, agree with in terms of self-development, why therapy is important individually as well as collectively in a relationship as well. Right. Because yeah. I didn't even realize, like you're saying, like things that you do that you learn from childhood, that if they mm -hmm. make generational things and generational mm -hmm. curses, I believe in that. Like when I say yeah. to my friends and you know, you carry things and you don't even know where that's coming from. Mm -hmm. And then just as I'm reading books and doing the therapy and just saying like, okay, maybe that came for a reason. This is why you do this in relationships. And, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so I think that it's, I'm glad that you guys did that before you get married. People don't even realize that like you bring the, that baggage into a relationship yeah. and you have to unpack it mm -hmm. and deal with it or it's just sitting there yeah. until it explodes. So, okay, before we wrap up, this has been a great conversation, but more so for time's sake, I wanted us to, if you can kind of give advice, you know, the point of this, I want to be able for us to inspire and motivate while being real. And I thank you so much for being vulnerable. I would want to ask two questions, right? I would say, what is one thing that you have learned that has made you a better you? You're a better daughter, friend, confidant and the next question would be what is one thing and I've been asking everyone this what is one thing that you would tell your younger self um I think that the both relate to each other what I'm going to say um if that makes sense stop caring about what people think about you mm -hmm. like own who you are get to know who you are and know that it's okay 
um, don't try to conform to what other people are doing around you. I think when I was younger, it was doing things because other people were doing it. And, and that was their season. And that was what they were doing. So you kind of have to do it to fit in. Mm -hmm. And you look crazy when you say no, like, I don't want to do this. And so not conforming, not caring what people think about you. Mm -hmm. um, and falling in love with yourself, like getting to know yourself and know what you like and what you don't like and what you enjoy and what you don't because sometimes I think we're so busy spending time with other people that we don't spend time with ourselves and we truly don't know yourself as a woman mm -hmm. and then you know you're going into relationships and then you're trying to please that person but you're not really happy like finding what makes you happy like mm -hmm. I would say like I wish I would have done that earlier mm -hmm. 30 I feel like it brings you I'm 32 now but I feel like your 30s you want to do those things but if I knew that in my 20s I would have done that then uh -huh. I think definitely those three things yeah you hit the nail on the head because i have another oh. it's just me and i was talking about some of the things that i learned and i wish i had done too and and i think that's perfect like sometimes when we are single we we are just rushing to be in a relationship next to you know and you see people who are serially dating people and instead of taking that time to really enjoy that time to really right. enjoy yourself you know right. because right. and and this is about seasons because that season will change and once it changes you don't have as much time with yourself like sometimes i'm like man i miss those days where i could just be by myself <laughs> so, and now it's like all oh, this is going on and it's beautiful this season but it's different hey. yeah so, I, I think you see, i think you see other people and you're rushing to get what you think you should have right and it's like enjoy whatever season that you are in Mm -hmm. This is your for a purpose to get to know yourself, to get to know other people. And that might not, you know, it, it might just be building a relationship and you learn something and then you're moving on, but not mm -hmm. like rushing. I think yeah. that sometimes it's like I'm mm -hmm. rushing or we were rushing as women because yeah. at a certain age, you're supposed to have this or do this. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, live your life. It's mm -hmm. okay to live your life and really enjoy yourself and know that, you know, it's okay, whatever season you're in. Mm -hmm. yeah. well thank you I enjoyed this chat that we had and thank I, you so much yeah, and I hope like those that are watching um, especially that may be also interested in a similar field will be inspired and motivated and also know that you're not in this alone you know these stories right. you know, we're in different fields like I can still relate to some of the things that you were saying right. being, by being a black woman you know so thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing with us of course, thank you for having yes. me. Yes. And for those that are watching, if you can please like, share, subscribe, and comment below, and I will see you next time. Bye.